Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to this. Allow me to introduce Alexandra. It's a very great honor uh, for me. So Alexandra is an international coach, a psychogenealogy practitioner, a trainer, and a black belt Lean Six Sigma expert. She's worked as a consultant for leaders and managers, taught her that change often starts at the personal level. Leaders do not only need guidance on how to do what they need to, but sometimes they also need to overcome underlying fears and limiting beliefs that prevent them from performing at their best. And that's what Alexandra is good at. She decides to become a coach to provide her clients a holistic experience and support them create an environment for health and sustainable performance in the workplace. Her years in consulting, the hundreds of training facilitation hours and the relationship with her coaches show her that we usually feel seen and heard through others. And sometimes it can lead to some healthy relation dynamics among team members in distress situation or between leaders and the teams. And as, as such, people will go to her as an expert of human interaction. She helps clients discover the unconscious patterns they implement and repeat the imprisonment in them in certain roles and behaviors that are creating conflicts for them. So she actually helps the clients and her coaches to enable this new level of self-awareness so that they can improve their professional relationship and meet more easily their ambitions, their goals, their targets and expectations and thrive in the workplace. And so let me share with some of her clients, which is L'Oreal, Louis Vuitton, EDF, RATP, Amundi, Chanel, Lenza. You know, so apart from that, of course, she has a very good uh, academic credentials. Alessandra has a master's degree in management and business administration from the IAE de Paris Sorbonne, France. And she's also a certified black belt Six Sigma from the Qubit Partners. She has attended several courses in coaching, such as the Essential Coaching from the HEC Paris, the Professional Coach from the MHD Formation, certified by the EMC European Mentoring Coaching Council, the Psychogenealogy Practitioner from Resources and Employers, Institution of Coaching Mastery from Alessandra Ligago. So later on, you can also find her profile on the LinkedIn profile and her website on the podcast page. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you, Andrew, to ask me to come now. Thank you. Great. Let me begin by asking you, because the audience would 
love to know how you tell your backstory, how you get connected from the day you finish school all the way to realizing you want to become a coach and how it impacted us. Yeah, thanks. Good question. So I decided to become a coach without even realizing that I wanted to be a coach. I already was doing some uh, coaching work uh, before I became a certified coach. But I was first thing first. I am Italian and I moved to France when I was 19 years old. And I went there to study for my university degree. And I really loved what I was uh, studying, business and uh, economics and languages, foreign languages. This is why I, wor- I coach and I work with a lot of international people around the world. And yes, at some point, I met someone. So it was a matter of an encounter. I met uh, one person that was a coach and I was asking him, okay, what is your role? What is, what is your job? And he said to me, my job is to ask questions. And I was, wow, amazed. So you ask questions to people and this is your job. You do not have to, to answer the question and just ask them. And he said, yes, I help people to find their own wisdom within themselves. And this was the first seed that was planted in me that helped me realize that maybe this was something that I wanted to do later in life. And then my career led me to do some consulting and mentoring work. And at some point I realized that in order to be a better consultant and a trainer, I wanted to become a coach. So I decided to move towards coaching as a way to become better at my, at my job. And then I was hooked. I could not uh, stop coaching. And uh, this is why I decided to uh, become a certified coach and to create my own company. So today I offer services in coaching, training, mentoring, and consulting as well. Cool. And so let's look at the backstory. As you mentioned, you met the coach. Do you still remember what was the story like? What's the scene like? How do you even met this coach you inspired? Yes, it's it's just, it's a nice story because I was I remember I was a party girl when I was a little bit younger and I was coming back from from a club. It was a late in the night, and I yeah, and this person came to me and we started to talk, and we were both going home from from this club, and he started to tell me about about this. So I remember it was a cold, so I think it was a winter time, and. We went together to take the, the subway in Paris and he started to talk to me about what he was doing and the fact that he had this vision about helping people to, yes, to find their, uh, their inner strength. And so he created a group, which it no longer exists, unfortunately, but it was called the Yes Group, where he helped people to say yes more easily in life. And so he invited me to go to one of these monthly meetings and I went and, and it was amazing. A lot of beautiful people there just to, to get more curious about themselves and learn more tools and strategies to, uh, yeah, to enjoy life more. Ah, so that was an interesting story. As you mentioned, you actually met this guy on the subway and he was introducing you to the Yes group. And so since then, it started simmering in you that you want to be a coach. Why didn't you immediately move to join a I don't know, coaching business or coaching clubs or shadow under a super good coach. Instead, you move into like consulting and some other stuff. Yes. 
I think that I needed to do it at my own pace and to realize that this is what I wanted to do. Even though in my head, I remember that and I also find the small notebook where I wrote down my dreams in 20, yes, it was in 2006. I wrote down in my notebook that I wanted to become a coach and a freelance, etc. And a few years later, it became true. But I think that I needed to go through everything that life was offering me in order to be bold enough to take that decision. So I think that when you're a coach, you need to do your inner work first. And uh, sometimes it takes a little bit more time. For some people, they need to, yeah, they want to do it, jump into it right away. But uh, this is what felt right in my situation as I was uh, experiencing other beautiful uh, things in life. And uh, it made sense in this way. I see. So you mentioned about you decided to explore what life's offering you and take that time to cultivate that inner workings. Yes, absolutely. I, even though, as I was saying, I didn't uh, jump right away into coaching. I was interested in coaching. I started to read. I met people. I did some uh, inner inquiry about myself, my belief, and it helped me to be more aware of what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. And even though I was not a certified coach, the way I was leading my career and my professional life was actually something that was very close to coaching. Because as we will maybe talk about it later, I was uh, helping teams to realize how they could uh, do their job in a different way without me telling them, look, here you have a waste of time or here your client maybe is waiting an unnecessary amount of time. So just by asking powerful questions, teams were able to realize by themselves where they could improve their daily life and their daily job. And this is what a coach usually do as well. I see. So you, over time, figure that it's always better to use questions to get them to think about what you eventually direct them to achieve the goals now, which is improve. Oh, that's interesting. So like, how long have you been like doing coaching since? Is it the last three years, the last four years, last six years? I don't know. Yeah. So I started to really do coaching as a coach and not coaching through consulting and training for the past two years. But before that, I was doing this consulting and mentoring work using coaching methodologies but without the proper certification. And this is why at some point I said, if I want to up-level my game, I need and I want to uh, be a certified coach because I have more credential and also I have more tools to help the clients with the right thing they need. Interesting. So tell me more like uh, to the audience, like because the coaching is a, a, a recent uh, demand that according to you know Wall Street Journals or Times Magazine or even the Economist, ever since the dawn of the COVID-19 pandemic. There's so many things that's going on. And even when I was uh, a chief data scientist in Singapore Airlines or in uh, DPS Bank, one of the biggest bank in the world, the company at the global level do actually allocate resources to coach their senior leaders. And it's, it, it becomes more important in during the COVID-19 period. And so my question to you is that, have you observed any, what do you think is the rise in the demand for coaching because of COVID-19. Mm, of course, I have the feeling as well, and the data speak as well, that COVID has increased the people inquiry about themselves. 
So they're less, because they had a lot of time to think about their career or their life. As we were locked down, we were in our own places and we had time to think. And it's a beautiful opportunity, even though sometimes it's a little bit scary when you have these questions, these powerful and big questions coming up. But it really wakens up, waken us up about what is important for us. Because what was happening before COVID is that we were always distracted by all the things. We were jumping into new activities or doing extra hours at work or going out a lot, etc., etc. But this was preventing us to look inside of ourselves. So the COVID just forced us to slow down, slow down and really think about what we really want to do in life. So in this way, it is a beautiful opportunity, despite the fact that, of course, it was a disaster in terms of human lives and uh, economic crisis, etc. But I really think that after COVID, what I noticed is that uh, there are a lot of more demands, especially regarding the career path, because people realize that sometimes they have been doing what is uh, called the bullshit job. It's not a very good uh, way of calling them, but it's, uh, yeah, they're just uh, occupying themselves, doing stuff that are not very useful. And I think that it is very linked to the fact that we need meaning in our life and in our job as we are spending so many hours in our, in our professional life. And I also think that COVID helped us realize that we need more balance among all the spheres in our lives. Professional life, of course, is an important one, but also family, self-care, healthcare, etc. So this is why people seek help in coaching to find balance among all these parts in our lives. Yeah, like you see, there's two parts. Yeah, one, one was the uh, part where I resonate with you, like a uh, bullshit job. I was a consultant myself and I was in-house. I noticed there's always two groups of people. Like one group of people is the growth mindset. Oh, this mm. job is difficult. Oh, this is my job. I'll do my best to learn to do the job. And there's another group of people is that they'll be like, oh man, I can't do this job. Never mind. Let me go and create another job. But this new job doesn't create value to company and it creates like, they create existential jobs to, to, to do bullshit jobs. Yes. Now, the second part you mentioned about that, yeah, the, there's a rise of people like being aware of their career, seeking a career coach. Of course, the leaders are also, like you said, it's a time where they are forced uh, to handle so many things. Like, right? For example, during COVID-19, they are forced to uh, workplace safety. They have to work from home. This is the first time they feel very uncomfortable. There's this, what we call the like proximity bias. I need to see my people, especially in Asia, you probably realize that. If I don't see them, I don't know where they're doing their job. I don't feel safe. I don't feel secure. So they, they need coaching in the leadership because the style has changed, right? People have to work from home. So that's the second part, which is the leadership to manage the proximity bias. And then the third one is, you know, when there's so many things that they need to do, they need to take care of their people. They need to make sure that the people are doing business as usual and do digital transformation. There's burnout. Burnout is real. So there's the third one, which is like, how do you mental well-beings of coaching? So can you share with us, like among these two or three forms of coaching, what is your view of the current status and what is your view in the future and what yourself actually does with so many different types of coaching? Yes, absolutely. Oh, yes, you said so many show things. I think that one of the struggles that leaders can can face is the work from home, as you were saying, because, of course, we were always used to 
see people and counting the amount of hours they were working, working with, yeah, supposedly working as a way to feel validated as managers or as leaders because, yes, they are working because they are behind their screens. But actually, we were not, or they were not, maybe some of them, really monitoring the amount of work that was doing. So they was they were uh, supervising the amount of hours, and this was their performance indicator. Okay, my people are here five days a week, so they have performed. Now they have, or now in the in the past few years, they had to switch to a different perspective and a different way to to evaluate and assess performance, which is not the amount of hours people work, but the amount of results they achieve. And I think that this is something that leaders maybe felt a little bit lonely about this because in companies, this is how it has always been done. And now we need to change this and have more outcome results, outcome indicators that help us, okay, I have performed or my team has performed, no matter how much time I have worked on it. And we hope you found part one of our podcast with Alessandra Marini insightful as she shared her journey and expertise in coaching, empowering individuals to unlock their full potential, a holistic approach to creating a healthy work environment and improving professional relationships left us inspired. Now, as we transition into part two of this engaging conversation with Alessandra, get ready to explore the keys to thriving in the digital age. We'll dive deeper into the importance of finding pride in your work and focusing on meaningful tasks. Alessandra will shed light on the significance of balance and self-care for leaders to avoid burnout and effectively manage their teams. In part two, we'll also tackle change management during digital transformations and discover how coaching can be a valuable tool in navigating the challenges of the ever-evolving business landscape. Alessandra's insights will provide strategies for creating a fulfilling work environment and embracing change in the digital era. Don't miss out on this continuation of our podcast with Alessandra Marini. Get ready to unleash your potential and thrive in the digital age. Stay tuned for another empowering and enlightening conversation. Hi guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please Share it with your friends, family, and acquaintances. See you later, and see you soon.